Hello and welcome to the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. I'm Siobhan Booth and I am your host. This podcast is for anyone with an interest in mental health, overcoming anxiety and building confidence. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. I'm going to be talking this week about how anxiety affects memory. Um, for a couple of reasons actually. There's a couple of reasons why I have decided to to talk about this and I've also written a blog about it as well if you want to go have a read of it. So firstly it's something that a lot of my clients tell me is that they're struggling to remember like day-to-day stuff. They're becoming really forgetful when maybe they used to be really organized or they're just finding it really difficult to remember all the things they're supposed to do. Secondly, I've started studying this as part of my psychology master's degree. Uh, So I've been looking at research papers on uh, the effects of anxiety in children who are taking tests and things like that. But it's also led me to do my own research. Um, So this blog is, um, this podcast rather, is going to be a combination of things that I've experienced with clients and also what some of the research can tell us about how anxiety affects our memory. Now, in the description for this podcast, I'll put a list of the references that I've used. Um, So where I say say things like studies have shown, you'll be able to go have a look at those studies and have a think about how anxiety might affect you personally if you're struggling with your memory. Now, it's of particular importance to me um, on a personal level, because if you've ever listened to any of my previous episodes where I've talked about my own experiences of anxiety, Um, then you'll know that my my own anxiety and depression and mental health issues actually led me to failing my first degree. And I experienced this horrendous feeling where I was studying um, loads, but nothing seemed to be going in and I could never like recall it again. Um, And it, it really caused me a lot of stress and anxiety and I'd go into exams feeling really, really upset and anxious. Um, And I knew really that deep down mental health was such a huge factor in my ability at that time. So kind of studying it at a later stage, having now completed a degree and now doing a master's degree is actually really fascinating and really, really interesting. And it's kind of helped me understand a lot about what I was experiencing back then and also helped me further understand quite a bit what it is that clients are actually experiencing when they come in saying that they're really struggling with this. So, The first thing really is to have a quick chat about memory and what memory is, which sounds really stupid, but it's actually quite a complicated thing. So memory is the brain's ability to store information that we can then access at a later date. Most people will have heard of things like long and short term memory. So when researchers are looking at memory, there's different things that they can measure. Um, And again, most people have come across long and short term memory and are familiar with the differences of those. Um, And that's particularly obvious if you've ever been around anyone that has dementia or Alzheimer's, where they no longer can access more recent memories um, and often at later stages can't even make new memories, but are still able to recall things from many, many years ago. The thing is, what most of my clients report having issues with, and what I remember having issues with, is more the everyday requirements of memory. So kind of not short term, but kind of short term, not really long term, 
um, but this different idea of memory, which researchers call working memory. Now, we all have a particular capacity, so an amount that our working memory works. And studies have shown that it can be affected quite a lot by how much information we have to process and how many distractions we have around us. So let's talk briefly about anxiety. I don't know if you've listened to any of my other podcasts. If you haven't, then I would strongly recommend you have a look back over some of the previous episodes because I go into anxiety in, in a lot more detail. But if you have listened to my previous ones, then you'll already know really that anxiety is when we think something bad is going to happen before it's even happened. So it's a fear of a future event. Now, this can be uh, in a range of different ways. So for generalised anxiety disorder, it's a much more general fear of the future, lack of um, confidence in your ability to cope in situations, generally just always feeling like this. With something more uh, specific, like if you have a fear of public speaking, for example, which a lot of people do, then it's the thought of looking stupid in front of people or saying something wrong or not getting the presentation right. It's those kind of thoughts that go through your mind. Now, when anxiety gets going, it creates a physiological response inside us. We call it the fight or flight response. There's also freeze, but that's lesser known. And basically it's the body's reaction to these thoughts because the body thinks that we might be in danger. So it creates this physiological reaction which prepares us for either fighting the thing we're scared of or running away from the thing that we're scared of. So that's great, it's a really useful process, except for when the thing that we're scared of isn't actually as scary as we think it is. Now, anxiety is a very complicated thing. And as I mentioned already, a lot of the research I've been looking at is to do with anxiety in students and test anxiety, which is something I was very familiar with many years ago. But it's quite well documented that anxiety causes a decrease in cognitive performance during complex tasks. So if we have complicated things to do, being anxious about them doesn't really help us. As I've said already, anxiety is quite complicated. I've mentioned generalised anxiety disorder, but I mean my clients that I've treated for years and years and years come in with a huge range of different anxieties. They might have social anxiety, phobias, panic disorder, OCD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and they usually have other issues alongside the anxiety as well. So we often end up working with things like depression or irritable bowel syndrome, believe it or not. And sometimes even people have more than one type of anxiety. So it makes it really difficult for researchers in particular to fully understand how anxiety as a broad term affects memory as a broad term. So what we're finding really is that it can be quite individual. But as we know, certain types of things do affect our working memory. So I mentioned previously that it is affected by how much we're trying to process and what distractions there are around us. So, I mean, I know this from personal experience. It can be so difficult to even like think straight when something stressful is happening or when things are really busy around us. So it's easy to understand how remembering details of something would get lost in that kind of situation. 
But there are also studies that have shown that working memory can be affected by those with PTSD and that those people with a history of PTSD struggled with their working memory, particularly in emotion-related contexts. So it does suggest that there's something going on in the mind that almost prevents those memories from being formed. Now, of course, we've talked about anxiety and the physiological reaction that happens, but anxiety happens because of the way we think. So we're talking about negative or worrying thoughts or cognitions. We call them cognitive distortions. Um, you can call them negative thoughts as well, that's fine. But it's these negative thoughts that cause us to feel that fear, that anticipation, that causes our body to react to us. Now, what I found with clients is that these thoughts can be really consuming and overwhelming. And what it generally leads to is people not doing things or avoiding things or avoiding activities that they either want to do or feel like they should do. And they sort of become less than their normal selves. So the theory that makes the most sense to me is that anxiety being a worry-based and cognitive-based issue, that these worry cognitions actively take up space in the mind, which leaves less space for the attention to be on the current task. So it becomes more about focus. Where the brain is focused, is it focused on panicking about a future situation that hasn't happened yet? Or is it thinking about the situation? Is it taking in all the information that it needs? Is it preparing the memories in the right way so that you can access them again later when you need them? And basically what we think happens with anxiety is that the mind becomes overwhelmed by the amount of thoughts and information it has to process when it's dealing with all of the anxious thoughts as well as the information that it has to take in in order to make a decent memory for us. So the million dollar question really is, how can we go about improving memory? How can we go about dealing with this situation? Well, the simple fact is that if you're struggling with any form of anxiety, then the only way to improve your memory, if it's something that you're struggling with, is to learn how to manage that anxiety. And it might sound like a difficult thing to do, but it's actually, um, I'm not going to say it's easy because it takes some effort. But there are processes you can follow that will show you how you can actually learn how to control your anxiety. So things like hypnotherapy and cognitive behavioural therapy, which if you've listened to my podcast before, you know that that's what I do, are both very well known and very well used interventions that can teach you how to control your anxiety. You can also learn things like self-hypnosis. You can introduce more mindfulness into your life. You can meditate or do yoga, whichever suits you. But really what we need to do is we need to get people with anxiety learning how to focus their mind so that they're not thinking about the anxious thoughts, the stress, the worry about everything. Instead, they're actually actively thinking about the situation that they're in and being able to remember the things that they need to be able to remember in the future. So if this is something that you need help with, you can actually book a free phone consultation with myself through my website. So if you head to www.anxiety2confidence.com, that's the number two, then you'll be able to book yourself a free phone consultation. And what we'll do on that is have a chat about your anxiety and how it's affecting you at the moment. 
and have a chat about what approaches there are available and which ones might suit you best. I hope you enjoy your weekend and I'll speak to you again next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. You can find more information and my extensive blog at www.anxietytoconfidence.com. That's the number two, anxietytoconfidence.com.